Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. We're at Soho Radio on Broadwick Street. This is the 100th, 110th episode of The Thread with Hennessy on SohoRadioLondon.com. And our guest has joined us. And I have to say, uh, when Nick told me we booked the guest, it was, I was very happy because I consider this person a friend. And it's, it's been a long time since the lockdown. Please help me welcome to the show the magnificent, the wonderful, the, uh, the incredibly engaging performer and saxophone player. That is Camilla George. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. What's going on? Well, not much. It's freezing. That's what's going on. It is. It's absolutely freezing. And how's your lockdown been? Dare we ask? Because well. ours has been pretty rough, but, has, <laughs> but it's, it has been for most people, right? Yeah. I mean, You're a performing artist. Yeah. I feel a bit bad actually saying it, but the thing is, is that I was quite behind on writing, particularly for my album. And um, I did quite relish the time (laughs) of just being like not having to do anything and just being in my pyjamas all day and just practicing. But the problem I had was that normally with actual sax practice, I usually practice at a studio, but they closed. Do you have neighbours underneath or above? I live on a top floor, tiny flat, and my neighbours don't like me. They definitely don't like saxophone. So I had to spend a ridiculous amount of money on a sax mute, which it's bigger than me. It weighs a ton. Really? Oh, my God, yes. I did a gig for um, Sirius. I did a solo sax gig, and somebody said... That it looked like a um, a massive seagull. <laughs> Is this one of those things that goes in the bell of the sax? Of the no, the sax goes inside it. It's like oh, a shell. Right. Um, oh. It's really high tech. Zenia was do- playing. Yeah. Yes, things, exactly. Yeah, like Zenia's one. But I mean, it is a beast. So yeah, I don't miss that to be honest. Oh. And do you get the same experience playing a muted sax? Um, you kind of do because it's got a, it's got a mic, so you plug in your headphones and yeah. you can hear your true sound. You can add reverb. You can plug into like a, you know, computer or stuff like that. So it was quite good, but yeah, it was very expensive. I'm more interested in the neighbours because uh, is this like a like a, a situation where like I hate you them. come on, you, you can't see name and shame them. <laughs> Like you can't see each other kind of thing. Because I remember I lived in a in a, a tower block in, in Kilburn and like man the, the neighbors above us our next door neighbors we were close, but the neighbors above us is like it was it was tense, you know. And you can hear each other really bad. So is is it yeah, like yeah. It, there's it's, that it's jazz those, woman again? It's those vibes, yeah. I think that what did she say? She thought she was like, um, oh I see you and your little um recorder. I was like, I don't play recorder, what an actual diss. Right. Yeah. Got ignorance to go with it. Cool. Oh. Well, well, I'm glad you got to have some some. I mean, it, it's nice for for 
that you're able to turn the lockdown into a positive and get to spend time mm. writing. You know, I know, uh, I'm not sure if you're friends with Marius, but I spoke to him on the phone, the drummer. Oh, yeah, and, Marius. Yeah, brilliant, lovely guy. And, and he was saying how he, he actually had a lot of time to lock away phones off and really dive deep into some music and create mm. some, some sounds. And I, I mean, that's, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting music that's going to be released in, in I think so. I think hopefully. I mean, there was a time when I was like, oh, if please don't release a, an album, Lockdown. <laughs> lockdown oh, one, yeah. Lockdown two. Yeah. Hopefully we won't have any of those. But yeah, I think there are a lot of musos that were just like, right, well, there are no gigs. Mm. Let's just get on it, mm. basically. But I imagine there's plenty of musos that can, like, had more than just a neighbour to to contend with, you know? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm just glad at least some people, but uh, on that, is, is any of this music going to be recorded or is it? In the yeah. Post? Yeah. It's going to be recorded really soon. <laughs> Actually worryingly soon. No, uh, we're ready. Uh, <laughs> she says uh, on the 16th and 17th of December. Yeah. So, so it's a couple of weeks time. It's a massive band. Um, I've got a horn section. My faves, Sheila Maurice Gray. Yeah. yeah. Rosie on trombone. Um, I've got a Cora player, Kajali wow, cool. Koyate on Cora, obviously. Um, three drummers. At once? Wow. No. I mean, that would have been cool, but I'm not that ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got Winston, uh, Clover Deuce, obviously sick. Sam Jones on one tune, and then a uh, hip-hop drummer, called Daru Jones. Two yeah, Jones. Reno Daru, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really great because I've heard you saying before you had ambitions to um uh, uh assemble larger bands. Mm. You know, that is that something that you hear in your music? You're hearing many textures that you want to Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, obviously the the reality is, is that unfortunately this band probably won't tour that much because no mm. i think i counted it's now gone up to a 10 piece so mm. wow. uh, that's obviously not going to be something that we could do a lot but yeah it is nice it's nice to pad it out um to hear i particularly love playing in a horn section it's just like so rich mm. yeah and those guys are killing so yeah. she was awesome I yeah and it's going to be called ibio ibio i understand yeah could you explain the the meaning of that yeah, so it's basically the whole album is dedicated to the um, tribe um, in the town where I was born in Nigeria and Ekit, and we are the Ibibio people. And Ibio Ibio is just a kind of nickname for Ibibio people. It actually means short, but um, so I don't like be a to short think... album then. I don't know. Well, well hopefully. One, minute, one minute songs, yeah. <laughs> one minute <laughs> yeah. songs for radio. Um, no, but I was like, I put, when I was kind of writing stuff about this, I was like, yeah, but it doesn't refer to my height because I have a real thing about people thinking I'm short, which I probably am. No, <laughs> no. Um, are your folks still there? Are they here? No, my, 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 most of my family, like my immediate family is here. Um, but yeah, I do still have family in Nigeria, um, which is cool because when I was researching all the stuff that goes in, I looked into our creation myths and... Um, all the kind of we've got a shrine in the village and just learning loads more about where I was born and where I came from, learning more about the language and yeah. It'd be amazing to play bring the album there, wouldn't it? To play it yeah, that that's definitely on my kind of wish list and I something I, I would like to do. Um mm. Is yeah. there a venue in Nigeria? I mean I've uh, Femi's always told me about the um the sh fellas shrine. Yeah. But is there a, is there a venue that 
I think... Holds resonance. I don't know, particularly in terms of a venue. I think I'd have to look into... I would probably like to go to my actual town. And I haven't been there for some years, so I don't... I need to find mm. out. My cousins keep saying, oh, when are you going to come back? I'm like, oh. Well, I was thinking it would have been so nice to have gone this year, but obviously that, right. that uh, yeah, didn't right. happen. Um, well, we always have people submit music to play. And mm. you sent Nick over some tracks. Yeah. Should we talk about inspiration? Should we start? I, I've, I've word of mouth here. Well, Nick told me that Kenny Garrett's your oh, kind of your yeah. Kenny your Garrett one. just yeah. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing that I am actually known as a stalker. Oh, my stalker. Vibes, Wait, right? Well, when <laughs> yes. you say you're known as a stalker, I mean, like, is there a restraining order? Or there, I mean, there's probably a low key <laughs> restraining order. Definitely. <laughs> I did tell him I loved him once, and that was that. Just really, really went badly. The, yeah, because he's quite introverted. Yeah, I mean, we were having like a cool chat and then I meant to say, it's like that classic, <laughs> isn't it? I love your music. And I was like, I love you. And then he just started walking away. And I was like, no, I meant I love your music. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was at Ronnie's. That was really soul destroying. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this this track that you've chosen is Jackie and the Beanstalk. Would you uh, like to say why this one? Oh, I just love it. I mean, I think this is a, a really good example of his compositions. I think he's an amazing composer. His tunes sound simple and they're catchy, but when you actually play them, you're like, God, this is actually really, really hard. Mm. And to me, that is the art of a great composer. And obviously, he's a killing sax player. Yes, a beautiful track by Kenny Garrett there, and we're still here with our special guest, Camilla George. And um, yeah, just before we move on, I wanted to ask about the new album. You've you've done two so far. You did uh, Isang and The People Could Fly. What can people expect from the next record in terms of the sound they might hear? Is, is it a, a progression or more of what we heard on People Could Fly or...? There's still definitely the kind of Afrobeats inspired flavors, um, but I've moved into looking more into, say, production. Mm. So um, I have a kind of neo soul tune and a couple of hip hop inspired tunes. I've always been a, a massive hip hop fan, but it's yeah. taken a while to get into my writing yeah. i think mm, yeah. you know and i think it's something as a jazz musician it has to be done right we've all yes. seen the albums yeah. where someone's like oh now i'm going to try rap try my thing with and that it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. not good so yeah. well fingers crossed people yeah. people mm. don't say that about this album. yeah and and getting Darry jones on the record i presume mm. that was part of the thinking or how did that yeah. collaboration happen yeah well we've we toured together with peewee ellis for um, legend yeah, absolute ledge. Um, for I think it was two the weeks. Funk, was it the funk thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was so much fun, yeah. and um, yeah, we just kept in touch. And then I was like, oh, I would so love for you to be on the album. Thinking, yeah, he won't say yes, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm down, I'm down. Mm. So yeah, he's going to produce um, one particular track, which is very hip hop leaning, and yeah, that was the thinking to get somebody that actually is a master at that. Yeah. I, it's it, 
is there other music that you're really into that I wouldn't know? Because in, in my brain, in my small, small brain, Camilla George is definitely a very jazz person. Yeah. Like, you know, like being a massive Kenny Garrett person, I'm familiar with the music. I've seen you play a lot. I, I, I imagine in my head that you listen to loads of jazz and transcribe loads of jazz and, and you're like this jazz through and through. Not purist, but that's yeah. your go-to, no? Or am I being presumptuous here? I think it, it probably is because I got initiated so young by my dad, who was a massive jazz fan and the enforced jazz listening hour on sunday like really just seeped in and i was doing that from very very young when you say the enforced hours like five o'clock sunday sit down we're listening to records we'd sit down and we'd listen to his vinyl and he'd be like right this is sunny stitt i saw him this is cannonball <laughs> you know and then he'd have the whole backstory of you know where he'd got the albums from and you know he's a huge collector so yeah definitely jazz hip-hop i am a massive garage fan as well I was definitely, I was at school when the garage thing yeah, right. hit off. And it's I coming back in a big way now, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I just, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say, yeah, hip hop, um, garage, old school R&B is, is probably where I'm coming from, as well as the fella aspects, because we listen to, I mean, my parents actually saw fella. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so when you were talking about your dad, you'd, um, was, was that your, your route into music? You know those those early experiences where you had your Sunday listening session with your dad was that was that the thing that gave you the fire like hold on a sec Camilla's dancing over there you know like yeah it was it was because he always used to talk about how he used to play sax I later discovered that he couldn't play at all but his dad was a saxophone player he was a jazz sax player in Grenada with my dad when you say he couldn't play like you mean he he didn't play or it just didn't work out no I don't think he knew how to play he had a saxophone for the purpose of I think attracting the ladies so that's how um, I think that's how it happened with my mum he's like do you want to come back and see my saxophone (laughs) and uh, yeah it's history isn't it (laughs) I am now here as a result Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, he was, so it was, it was definitely, he definitely did influence. Yeah. I think that was uh, the way in for me. I I remember listening to those. And then he took me to my, I think one of the first gigs that I can remember, which was to see Sonny Rollins. Mm. We, I left school early. He came to pick me up. We went, I think we went for a McDonald's. I don't think I was allowed to have a McDonald's. So I was quite excited about that. And then we went to see Sonny F. And that was such a ridiculous concert. I remember he played a Nightingale song in Barclay Square. And I was just like, oh, this is great. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Formative. Yeah. Um, well, let's hear another one of your tracks. Let's go to Braxton Cook. I'm really pleased that you've you've put this in here. He's one of my favourite modern day artists. A, a triple threat. He can do everything. Bit of a sort of Anderson Pack of jazz, if you like. Yes. Uh, I would say. Um, do you want to do you want to say why you've chosen this track? Oh, I think Braxton Cook is amazing. I've been lucky during lockdown um, to have done quite a few masterclasses with him on production because I think he's he's ridiculous on that. For ages, I didn't realise how sick he was as a sax player um, until I saw his transcription Tuesdays series and was just like, my God, this guy is so, so good. So what, where is the series like? Oh, he just puts it up on Instagram. Um and it, I mean, it's so he's so burning that mm. I was just like, oh my gosh! So this particular album, um, it came out. I think it was this year, isn't it? Um, I just I loved it. I've had it on repeat um, since it came out. So yeah, killing. 
But fantastic Braxton Cook there, Camilla's second choice. And yeah, let's talk about the future and hopefully coming out of uh, lockdown and COVID is a, is a horrible thing of the past. Um, you've got a gig, Jazz Cafe. In February, yeah, I I've got yeah, I have two gigs, yay! Yeah, I've got Jazz Cafe on the twenty fifth of February. Uh, we're also doing we're doing Ronnie's on the 9th of Jan, mm. um, and it's just an excuse to play this new music. And that'll be the album mm. launch, as it were. Yeah, do you know what? Kind I hadn't of. even. Yeah, why not? Why not? There you go. There's your PR <laughs> angle. Don't need to pay for Johnny PR. You can have that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was uh, interested and uh, excited to see that Mr. and Mrs. Wedderburn are DJing oh, yeah. on the Jazz Cafe gig. I Good love old, Gordon. Oh, I love Gordon. Julia. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she makes the most amazing cake. Is the that Caribbean right? um, rum mm. um, oh, right. cake. Mm. She's, yeah, it's something quite special. But Gordon is such a champion of grassroots music. And he really the is. Jazz yeah. scene in general, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've known him. I came up through the Warriors. I met Gary and Janine when I was 11. Mm. And oh. during <laughs> pretty much since around that time, mm. I've known Gordon. Well, how old were you when you started playing sax? Was it around 11. then? 11. Yeah, yeah, I got a sax. Um, within about two weeks, I've been to see Sonny Rollins and then I went to see Jazz Jamaica with my mom and they planned we, it out didn't they like we're gonna get the sex the, the gigs <laughs> then we get the tickets to the gig it's, it's good we're parenting gonna do it there. we're gonna do it there yeah um although i wanted to play sax from when i was eight when i actually tried a sax um but that was vetoed so i had to wait till i was a bit yeah. older i noticed on the jazz cafe listing uh they they quote you as the golden girl of jazz <laughs> oh my god how do you feel about that <laughs> well <laughs> I feel a tattoo coming on. (laughs) Obviously, yeah, I will get that tattooed on my body. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, (laughs) But sure, it's particularly true. But yeah, I mean, we're all, you know, this scene at the moment is just so much fun. It's everyone that I know, it's a family. We've all Mm. come through some form or the other through the Warriors. And so everybody is connected. And Mm. I I feel like... It's more of a golden time for jazz, for the UK, particularly yeah. London. I'm really interested to where it's going to be in, like, fast forward, like, 10 years mm. or something. Because mm. at the moment right now, it, it's, been really, it's been really nice to witness some of this stuff and witness some of these bands grow and everything. And, like, just now when you're saying the scene and this golden time, I can... I can picture all these like late sets mm. late at night and like yeah. all all of you hanging about and, uh, and all these jams and stuff and shout out the jazz 625 show that yes. was last week as well um fantastic mm. on, uh, on bbc you can catch it on the iplayer so i'm just really yeah. interested to see well what, where what it, it becomes yeah, yeah where it becomes musically speaking as well you know well i think yeah. it's positive in that a lot of the a lot of the players when they're when they're being interviewed and talking they're talking about when the hype dies down so yeah. they're very aware that it's there's the hype that comes with it and a scene which is which is fantastic and and the music is is brilliant but they're also looking many steps beyond already yeah i think that's what that's what makes these people that makes them artists is that they're not just riding this hype of oh yeah it's a Mm. new wave you know Mm. these are people that are investing in their career and thinking you know as you say 10 years down the line where they'll be i'm sure there will be majorly established and where would you like to be 10 years down the line majorly established 
with well, loads of saxophones. <laughs> uh, Courtney Pine has like an attic full of vintage saxes. I'd quite like to be that person, right. a hoarder of vintage is, saxophones. Is Courtney a hero of yours? Um, yeah, I mean, he's been, he was really, really um, good to me when I was coming through. I've known him again since I was really young and you were in an all-female yeah uh, i did the venus venus warriors yeah Yeah. that was cool though that really was the start of it for me because he gave me such a hard time for the fact that i hadn't written any of any pieces of my own he was just like you need to just write your own stuff you know it's probably going to be a bit rubbish to start with Mm -hmm. and then you're just going to learn and that was it that's Uh, uh, do you i'm always interested because mentorship and tomorrow's warriors it's amazing what they do. And it just seems like in this scene, if you will, or in British jazz, especially in the Tomorrow's, War- Tomorrow's Warriors wing, mentorship is really important. And mm. um, I'm wondering, like, do you, do you teach? Do you have some young folks that you try to inspire? I do teach. Um, and, yeah, I teach, teach a, f- a little bit. I was thinking at one stage before uh, COVID hit, I was like, oh, because it was hard with touring and stuff. And I was mm. like, oh, I might give this up. But then I'm actually really glad financially and in other ways that I didn't because it does give, you do get a lot back. I actually teach three kids that go to the Warriors as well. I, I just happen to teach them privately and two at school and I have to say these three sax players are definitely ones to watch as a tenor player um, called Henry ridiculous sound great chops and um, two alto players who are I think they're 12 and they've just done their grade eight so they're and they're yeah and they're already Mm. doing the jazz stuff with the Warriors on the Saturday so that yeah people go to watch out for those two Next generation coming through, Gen Z. Shout well, out. Speaking of generations in the sax, which I'm getting wind that you like the saxophone, um, <laughs> you put Joshua Redman in. I oh, saw yeah. Joshua Redman play with just, I think it was just bass sax, and drums. Sax, bass yeah, and drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was just yeah. bass and drums. True. It was awesome. And I, I, I really love that, yeah. that thing. I love that. I did that um, last year for the London Jazz Fest. Um, we opened for... Um, okay well we did a gig (laughs) i can't remember now um and we did a we did most of it as a sax bass drums thing and i absolutely loved that you love that format i loved it i mean i love playing with sarah also because she's ridiculous um but i liked that mixing it up she came on for a few tunes afterwards Mm. but it was yes it's Mm. so cool it leaves a lot more space for everything doesn't it it's like the the frequencies have space to breathe it's like a like a guitar trio. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah. And Joshua is such a legend of that. Camilla's third choice there, the fantastic Joshua Redman. We're all fans of Joshua Redman here. Um, now, we haven't got much time, but seeing as we're friends, Camilla, we thought we might do something on the show that we haven't done uh for quite a few it's, shows. It's been a while, we? and it would be worse if we weren't friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm nervous now. Would you mind it? if we did a few rapid-fire questions? Because okay, yeah, go on. You know, I mean, maybe our questions up until this point, you know, they might have been a bit boring for you. You've, you've answered <laughs> them a hundred times before. Blah blah blah. However, the rapid-fire questions for friends of you, they might get to learn something about you that 
you know, they didn't know already. The key is is that you don't overthink it and you just answer as fast as you can. Okay. All right. Go on then. Well, just do a few. No pressure. Every answer is just going to be cats. <laughs> Alex, take it away. We'll take it in turns. Uh, okay. Greatest movie ever made. Splash. What does music mean to you? Everything. What song changed your life? Oh, no. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, that's that not... is really hard. I didn't write that one. You wrote that. that. <laughs> um, sing a song by Kenny Garrett. Okay. What's the most enjoyable aspect of your work? Uh, traveling and playing with my friends. Funny moment on stage. Um, this is pro- not in my professional life, but this is back in school when we were doing a um, school nativity. I'd noticed that a boy that I didn't like, his chair was kind of, chair legs were hovering over the, the stage, you know. And um, I didn't say anything because I didn't like him. And then when he sat down, he fell off the stage. Ooh, and Broke. inside you were like, yeah. I, I was actually, I wasn't, I was laughing on the outside as well. Um, he did break his leg, but he was fine. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Uh, it's your round. What are you drinking? Ooh, that's what I was uh, rum. Ray and Effie's. Ooh, hardcore. I, t- yep. I knew it, yes. Um, okay. Uh, favorite fashion garment? Ooh. Shoes. Dream gig? Uh, playing with Kenny Garrett. <laughs> I'm going to send this to him. Uh, what is your fear? Um, slugs. <laughs> Happiness is? Uh, family. It's a bit cheesy, but it's true. No, it's all right. Where would you like to be right now? Um, on a beach with a Ray Nephews. And where do you get your inspiration from besides music? Um, I think family, friends, everyday life, watching people. Uh, last, well, this could be the last, last oh. one for me. Nicknames. Cammy G. Yo. <laughs> and let's finish it on. Let me find one that's a good one to finish on. Um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, oh, okay. Um, Come on, it's not very rapid. <laughs> okay, last time you were starstruck. Oh, it's Kenny Garrett again. <laughs> I set you up. <laughs> All right, Kenny. Well, if you're listening, you know who your number one fan is. Yep. And, and I also know where you live, Kenny. <laughs> as soon as the borders open. Camilla, that was your rapid fires. Thanks for doing Thank those. That was, it was good to bring it back. What do you think, Alex? Yes, I enjoyed it. Should we, I should do, we keep I, it for a while? I, I do think we should, I would do it all the time. I think it's important that we are comfortable with the person that's here, you know? If, if the person, you can get a vibe if somebody's not going to yeah. enjoy a rapid fire. True. And we should probably come up with some more questions, which I'll do between... Yeah, I'll give you something to work on yeah, yeah. in two weeks. Cool. Okay, well, Camilla, thanks so much for your time and for coming down Soho Radio. And um, we're going to finish with a Jeff Tame Watts track. But yes. just before we do, where can people check you out online and things like that? Ooh, okay. So, um, yeah, Instagram, um, at G one um, Twitter, Camilla underscore Sachs, I believe. And then uh, Camilla George on Facebook. And I have a website, www.camillageorge.com. Fantastic. We've got the Brilliant. Jazz Cafe gig in January. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in February, February, the Ronnie's gig in January. Um, and nothing else to declare. Uh, let's finish on Jeff Tame Watts. Would you like to say 
Why you chose this one? Ah, uh, this one when it came out, I thought it was ridiculous. This is for sax players the ultimate because you have the saxophone duel between Brecker and Branford Marsalis. That's all. Yeah, that's all you need to say. Beautiful sounds of Jeff Tame Watts on the drums, uh, Michael Brecker on the sax, and uh, thanks to our guest Camilla George for coming down today, hanging with us. Great to catch up with her, and it's been the 110th Always. show of The Thread. Yeah, hard to believe it's been 110 times we've done this over the course of about four years now, maybe a little more, and I believe the next show, which is the 18th, will be the last show of 2020. What a year it's been, and I think we're going to have a pretty special guest coming on via the phone. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Camila. Thank you, Soho Radio. Thank you, Elsie. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you in two weeks. And we're going to leave you with this one by Jimi Hendrix, yes. who died 50 years ago, and one of his classics from the Band of Gypsies record. Yes, it was uh, last week. It would have been his birthday. It's the end of last month. Um, it would have been his birthday, and uh, he's my hero. <laughs>